Photography 101, hosted by Scott Wittenberg. Lesson 7. Hello again. In this lesson, I'm going to discuss composition and cropping, two topics that are frequently requested by listeners. I'll also give a few tips on controlling depth of field and how to improve your portraiture. So what constitutes good composition in an image? There are many ways to answer this, but in general, the first thing you want to do is decide what you want to include in a scene that you're viewing in the viewfinder. In other words, what do you want the focal point or main subject to be? Once you know this, the rest is simply a matter of composing what you want and excluding what you don't want as best as possible, keeping in mind the best vantage point and perspective for the shot. For example, in this shot I took of a bridge, I knew I wanted to include the bridge, plus the river, the sky, and some of the surrounding landscape. I experimented with my vantage point until I came upon an area on the bank where the branches of a tree frame the scene, and then I went ahead and took the shot. This is just about as easy as it gets. Just remember not to be lazy and assume that where you're standing at any given time is the best vantage point. Move around until you've composed the scene as best as you can. Now look at this shot of another bridge. I wanted to capture the tall support beams as well as the sailboat to the right of the bridge, so I made two compositional decisions. One, to shoot the scene in a vertical format to focus on the beams, and two, to keep the bridge to the left in order to include the sailboat. One of the most common errors my students make is always wanting to center everything in the viewfinder. Centering is not always the best way to compose a scene, as is illustrated here. The inclusion of the boat helps give the scene scale, giving the viewer an idea of just how large the bridge actually is. Excluding the boat would have eliminated this important element. Here is a square, medium format infrared shot I took of a college campus. Because of the square format, I wanted to fill the space as best I could without overwhelming the main subject. I walked around the campus until I came upon this vantage point, which allowed me to frame the scene with trees and add the lamp posts in the foreground for contrast and perspective, while still keeping the building as the focal point. The white foliage and dark sky are characteristic of infrared photographs, which rely on heat instead of the visual spectrum for exposure. So far, we've discussed shooting landscapes. Now let's talk about composing portraits or people shots. In this shot, I wanted the model to be the main subject, so I filled the frame with the model. One tip for shooting people is to keep in mind that vertical composition is almost always the best choice for shooting single subjects. Unless they are lying down, vertical format captures the person and eliminates distractions on either side. Shooting horizontally almost always creates dead unwanted space, unless you want the surroundings to be in the picture for some reason. Another tip for composing portraits is to avoid poker straight vertical lines. Note how the model is composed diagonally, allowing the eye to travel throughout the image. The additional diagonal lines formed by our arms, legs, and torso, as well as the railing, also add what is called movement to the image. Finally, note that the model is in crisp focus, while the background is out of focus. This is accomplished by purposely using shallow depth of field while selecting your aperture. A larger aperture or opening, or low numbered f-stop, 
gives a shallow depth of field allowing the distracting background to go out of focus. In this image, I wanted some of the surroundings to be included in the scene, so I pulled back away from the subject somewhat. Another thing to keep in mind while composing your shot is to kneel down when shooting a full-length shot straight on like this. This puts your camera at the proper perspective instead of shooting from above the subject. If you're shooting at eye level to full-length figure, you have to tilt the camera down to include all of the subject. This not only causes distortion, but also a less flattering perspective of the subject. Again, notice the diagonal lines and blurred background. You must make a conscious effort to control depth of field in a shot like this. I purposely chose a small f-stop number, such as f5.6, and adjusted my shutter speed accordingly until proper exposure was achieved. I also pressed my depth of field preview button so I could see how much in focus the background actually was at that f-stop. If you're fortunate enough to have this feature on your camera, by all means be sure to use it. While we're on the subject of depth of field, I should mention that the focal length of the lens you're using is another factor that affects depth of field. In this shot, I used a relatively long focal length to shoot the model, thereby keeping her in focus and blurring the background somewhat. Resist the temptation to shoot close-ups with a short focal length, even though it seems like the thing to do. It's easy to get lazy and zoom out at close distances such as this, instead of putting some distance between you and the subject and zooming in. When you're in telephoto mode, such as 80 millimeters and longer, the subject is compressed and the depth of field gets shallower. Shooting close-ups with a wide angle only distorts the subject and brings everything into focus, which is usually undesirable. So far, I've discussed in-camera composition, which to me is the most effective way to get a good shot. As much as I love Photoshop, I make it a habit to experiment with composition in real time while I'm shooting, instead of telling myself, oh, I'll just crop it later in Photoshop. This philosophy can make you a lazy photographer and often produces undesirable low-resolution images by the time you've whacked them down to the point that they're no longer usable. For what it's worth, most of the images I've shown you were shot on slide film and were cropped the way you see them. But of course there are times when you'll have to crop an image, and there's certainly no law against that. In this image, for example, I may want to crop out the arms at the bottom of the picture. The first thing I'd do is zoom in a little bit on it, and then take the space bar, push it down, and that gives me the move tool where I can move the image around. Once I see where I want to crop it, I simply get the rectangular marquee, go up in the very corner of the edge, click and drag until I've got everything I want in the picture. Then I go to Image, Crop, and there we go. We now have a square formatted picture that's basically just a headshot. Well, that's about it for this lesson. I hope you've learned something new. Until next time, See you later.